Welcome to this special edition of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. Currently, we have the Have Courage Summit ongoing. And today, I'm super excited and inspired to introduce you to the amazing Jane Adshead Grant. Hello, Jane. Hi, Gary. Thanks for inviting me to share this with you. Oh, no, you're very kind to join me. As we get going, would you mind just giving just a little bit of an overview as to sort of who you are, what you do for your day job, as it were, but also what you're passionate about, Jane? It'd be really nice. Oh, well, thank you. So who I am? Well, I'm a working mum of two beautiful teenage girls, and that's a uh, privilege uh, to be called their mum. And as in my day role, what I work with individuals to grow themselves as leaders in their business and grow their business. And what that looks like is I'm an executive coach, a leader facilitator, and a speaker um, on platforms and for organizations who want to learn more about what it takes to build leaders and cultures where everybody matters. Oh, that's beautiful. And, you know, the everybody matters, the everybody matters bit, you know, goes straight to my heart of that amazing book <laughs> but, by Bob Chapman and Raj Sisodia. How much is, just as we get going, how much has that impacted your practice out of interest, Jane, that, that book? Oh, that's a lovely question. Um, it came at a part of my life where what it, the impact it had was it validated what I was thinking and doing and being in my life. And to come across an organization who lived out this way of being, of treating people with dignity, with respect, and for really caring for people in terms of leadership, taking their responsibility in a way that they recognized that to value their people would enable them to then add value to the business. And so for me, the impact has been is how to help now organizations, not just on a one-on-one basis with executive coaching, but taking it more broadly into helping organizations really think about their own culture to develop a culture which named aptly is truly human leadership. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Already what's coming up for me around the, the courage piece, part, part of the, our discussion today is, would you say in your opinion, it takes an element of courage to step into that? particular way of leading and loving from an organizational context with the sort of the industrial revolution that we're leaving at the moment to, to some extent yeah, definitely that's such a good observation gary i think it takes huge amount of courage to care and you know only yesterday i was coaching a senior it director and they are going through quite a challenging time both in divesting parts of their business and interestingly at the same time acquiring other businesses mm-hmm. So it's in huge change. And part of that change is a very physical change, physical change in environment. The whole department will be relocating to another office. And in conversation, in our coaching conversation, one of the things was around how to really engage the team and help them through navigate this this change. Um, And something very simple and yet profound uh, came up in our coaching conversation where he had requested a certain type of uh, setup for the department in which it incorporated a coffee machine. And the head of facilities or the gentleman in charge of all this said, I'm sorry, we just don't have the budget for that. And yet my the guy, gentleman I was coaching was recognising that that coffee machine isn't actually very expensive, but the impact of serving the people who work in that department with a decent cup of coffee could make a huge difference. And that's what I mean about the courage to care, stepping up for team members to create an environment where they know they are mattered both for not only what they do but who they are 
and just providing something for you and I quite simple and yet profound. So making a stand for what's important, that for me was a demonstration of his courage to care for his team members. Mm, that's, that's, that's such a great example. Thank you for sharing that. I'd, I'd like to go back a little bit into your sort of journey into this space of OMA, Jane, because it's re- really interesting. So I believe you're um, accredited, accredited um, coach. You're also an LP. Are you accredited in NLP as well? Yeah, I guess my my journey of where I am today, I look back and I think people have said to me on in sort of on the in the past and it takes courage to get where you've got to. And interestingly for me, in some of the programs I share, we teach with others, it, we talk around what inspires us as individuals and a word that inspires us. And the funny enough, the word that is my word of inspiration is courage. And I think I've shared this with you before. And so the reason I choose courage as a word of inspiration is actually more focused on others. Um, but given you asked the question around how courage sort of sticks, sort of comes up for me, there've been key parts in my journey. Um, from the very start of 17 years ago, I left the corporate environment. I had been very blessed with a pursuing a career in a people-focused role within international law and then investment banking. And I left it to set up my own business at a time when I, when we just had our first child our eldest daughter and so that in itself was actually quite a courageous step because you know what I didn't know I didn't know whether it was going to take off I didn't know how I was going to generate new clients and at the same time I was requalifying as an exec coach and so it's quite a big leap of faith um, in terms of I knew what I wanted to do I knew the impact I wanted to create and I think that's what kept me going alongside later on the other big piece was around a attaining my master accredited coach with the ICF there were moments in that journey when quite frankly I thought is it worth it am I ever going to make it okay do you mind me exploring that a little bit what was it in that in those moments that where that thinking came up for you out of interest yeah it was I guess I was finding my way so as we go through our sort of professional accreditation we have the wonderful body of the ICF and these set us some great competencies and we have to demonstrate those and create and accrue a certain number of hours. And that was all fine. But as when you get to the master level, you kind of throw everything, throw everything out. (laughs) And it's about how do you really connect with your clients? How do you really serve them and be with them in this creating this kind of sacred space? And the journey that I went on for that was it was at a time when I'd done my postgrad. I was running my own business. I had two children, you know, busy at school. My husband was traveling lots. It was just the volume of work I was involved in and my own desire to be the very best. So I wanted to do that. And I think I set myself quite tough expectations. And there was a moment um, when I almost thought, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue this. And it was a good friend of mine had said, Jane, just imagine you've put all this work in. And it was about, you know, we had to do lots of tapes, lots of recordings. I had an amazing mentor. And whilst it might sound, you're just kind of wanting to get through the exam. It was more than that for me. It was about representing our profession. It was about being the best that I could be. And becoming an MCC isn't just about the badge or the certificate. It was about, How can I develop my skills in such a way and become that coach, that partner for an individual to be and think their very best so that they can become their best in their roles and whatever they were doing? So it was really driven by a much bigger sense of purpose. I kind of 
set myself a pretty high bar to do it at a time when there's lots of other things going on. I just, it's so inspiring, Jane. I just find it fascinating. Like it is courageous, but, but what was it in you that actually said, I've had my first child, but now's the time. I have to set up my own business. What, 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 what was going on for you right then? Yeah, that's a lovely question. Um, do you know, for me, it was around wanting to do two things. One was I wanted, I had a very clear vision of the mum I wanted to be. Um, before we had children, my husband and I had talked about, as we develop a family together, what are the sorts of values that we want to live by? And we created three that have served us incredibly well for the last 17 years and continue to do so. And those values were around, um, you know, to love and be loved, to know what that feels like, to have a sense of adventure um, and to have a sense of family, to know who you are, where you're connected with and respect those members of our family. And those three were that, so I lived by that as we do as a family and that sense of adventure for me was part of setting up my own business I was also wanting to be a role model for the girls as as uh, well I think we went went on to have another one but I think the first reason was around knowing the mum I wanted to be the second reason was I loved working in the business environment I knew that if I was I wanted to create an impact in the world of business to help other people thrive and so being the professional I wanted to be setting up my own business would give me that flexibility to do just that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing. I think, and I love that part about being an inspiration for your children as well. I think because sometimes when we talk about courage, people can sometimes think we're talking about reckless jumping off the edge of the cliff without thinking or, you know, base jumping without a parachute or something. But what you're talking about here is a very intentional courage. You knew who you wanted to be. You knew what you were stepping into but it took courage to actually take that step. Would that be a fair, a fair comment? I think so. And I think the courage piece perhaps is the not knowing, like, you know, you were sharing earlier with me today that um, it's actually not knowing. And I've been very fortunate to sustain my coaching practice and business, you know, year on year, continue to grow it. And, um, and that's been, yeah, a, a huge privilege, a responsibility, um, and also to, yeah, to be at this level and this level in my business, 17 years on, where it's become an increasingly complex uh, business place. And we've got a lot more coaches coming into the profession. And um, so I think the courageous piece is actually navigating the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs and the bits that come up, come in sideways. You least expect them to, quite frankly. So it's been that part, I think. No, I, I understood. Just for anyone that's listening to us, the, the, the point I was making before we spoke is that for, probably for the first time in my 43 years on, on the planet, I'm actually okay with not knowing what the outcome is. And it's, it's just really it's so freeing. Is that something that you see in your clients from time to time, Jane, around that? Is, is that something that comes up with them at all? I think one of the things I notice in the, my clients, so the work in my coaching practice, it's underpinned by the wonderful thinking environment. Um, pioneered by Nancy Klein, who I know you're familiar with too, Gary. And the thinking environment is has, has been transformational for me, both in my life as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, um, and my coaching practice, because what it does, it serves clients to really think for themselves, as themselves, with rigor, with courage, and with imagination. And 
with that, the what that I witness in my my clients is to, for me as a coach, create that environment for them to be their very best and think their very best is that to take them to the edge of their thinking, to go even further than they ever thought possible. And so the courage that I witness in my clients regularly is an openness to discover more of who they are, a willingness to practice new ways of behaving, and a sort of um, a resilience to, to continue even when it's tough. And it's that resilience, it's that's being on the edge of where they see their truest moment of growth. And I have huge admiration and love to create that environment for people to step into that. Cool. We've got my whole body tingling now just listening to you speak, Jane, to be honest. So that's, that's absolutely amazing. Have you, do you want to share, actually, because I believe you've got um, an open course coming up for if people want to actually experience um, you know, the, the, you know, the practice that you offer, the, this space that you create. Is that come up in London sometime soon or was that just past? I can't remember, Jane, sorry. Well, actually, what we've just done in London, which was really exciting. So one of my other hats is I work with Barry Waymiller, the Leadership Institute, and we began our call today talking about the wonderful Everybody Matters book that has been co-authored with Bob Chapman, the CEO of Barry Waymiller and Raj Sodia. And part of my role here is to really spread our message of truly human leadership in terms of this courage to care as we began talking about earlier so the event i just held in london just this past week was um helping people recognize giving leaders the opportunity to really create a people-centric culture so building trust through being a courageous leader through um growing their people through connecting with people and knowing who they are as individuals a really inspiring kind of leadership and that, that was great fun and we've had some wonderful feedback and opportunity to engage with our other organizations who now want to explore this afresh. We'll be running another one of those one day workshops in the autumn. Uh, so I constantly post on LinkedIn. So that will be coming out later in the year. The other program we talked about earlier was um, the thinking environment. This is how to develop a thinking partnership with someone. So this is when you're working on a one-on-one. So I train other coaches and leaders in business who really want to work at a deeper level. So we began beginning also thinking about what stops people from being courageous. What gets us in, what gets in our way and discovering the thinking environment and working at this level helps people really transform because they get to work at a much deeper level um, on this program. That's lovely. And thank you for the segue because I really did want to explore with you just maybe what are the one or two? And I appreciate it's a very diverse, very human centered approach you have, Jane. But if you were going to sort of pick one or two key themes that come up the most often for your clients, regardless of where they are in their journey, that stops them being courageous. What are those sort of one or two key themes, if you wouldn't mind sharing those? Yeah, I think the one that is most often is assumptions. So they are holding on to or living an assumption that they live it as if it is true, where in fact it's not, it's untrue. It's kind of made up in either through their experiences or what they've been told previously. Um, and so what holds them back from stepping into that courageous self has been one becoming dependent on other people's thinking and believing that that is the only way. And so that 
reduces their ability to think for themselves. Uh, in an example, it would be an example leader who wants to communicate and engage their team really effectively. And their way of doing so is creating a connection, developing a deeper relationship. Whereas they feel that or their assumption is that actually in the world of business, that isn't what it's all about. It's all about making the hitting the targets, generating the highest profit, winning the biggest client. And if I don't do that, irrespective of how I treat my people, then I won't be effective. So increasingly, I work with leaders who whose mindset shifts completely through our work together. They begin to see a different perspective. So what's held them back is an assumption of what makes a great leader, an inspiring leader. It's just... You know, the thing that was so powerful about what you just described, you know, whether someone's in senior leadership or even if you say staying at home, you know, stay at home mum or dad, it's our thinking that quite often is the thing between where we are and where we want to be. It's so powerful. Yeah. And I think this is the courage that I witness in my clients because their willingness. And I think it's also about us creating as leaders, as parents, as coaches. I feel that we have a significant responsibility to create an environment for those in our span of care who we are lucky enough, who we're privileged either, either to win as clients or to have worked for us in organizations, that this is our responsibility and that to take that seriously, that we create an environment for people to develop their courage. And what that looks like in my experience is a combination of things. It's around encouraging them to think more for themselves. So be really interested in what they're saying. Listening, listening is the fundamental for me, foundation of our capacity to care for one another. And when I say listening, I mean truly listening, listening without judgment, without interrupting, which you're brilliant at, <laughs> and listening in a way that generates, it's kind of our attention, it's that we are generating an attention, a palpable attention with respect and dignity of that person in front of us, so that they feel and know that they matter, that they really matter. And that generates the courage to go further and further and further. And so, and the last piece for me is in that environment is about appreciating who they are. So letting them know, informing them of the quality that you recognize in them and not just what they're doing, but who they are as a human being. And when people are here from a different perspective, a quality that others see in them, they may not have seen that in themselves. Not only is it liberating, actually it's really courage building. And so that's why for me, listening, encouragement and appreciation i would say are all courage building skills it's just it's just so powerful the thing that jumps out from what you just said to me jane which is amazing these are not things that are trained in your mbas today these are not things that people are focusing on to ensure that the future of work is more human so i think it's a really interesting sort of we seem to be at a pivot point, I feel, that this is, that the world is, consciousness is waking up. I think I heard, was it Tom Peters put a tweet out last week? Apparently, I think it might be Stanford or one of the, the US, um, colleges has finally said, yes, we're going to put a motion in our MBA. So I think the time is coming, but it's really interesting, isn't it? That sort of now 2019 is the time to really start looking at the emotional part of work. 
It's so true. And I know that um, Harvard Business School are very interested in truly human leadership. But of course, they have written a case study um, on Everybody Matters and uh, Barry Waymiller, the, the global manufacturing organization of Bob Chapman's, where um, truly human leadership is is lived. And excitingly, they, um, I think it was a group of Harvard professors from the business school recently visited the one of the head offices in, in the USA to learn about it with a view to then changing the way they train um, leaders on, through the business school because it's right, spot on. And so Stanford and Harvard, if, you know, they're being able to bring in their curriculum, um, this people-focused, people-centric, truly human leadership approach, courage to care, um is yeah it's phenomenal and it, it's a great way because that's where our leaders of tomorrow are being educated oh as we look to wrap up thank you for sharing that because for so long haven't we for so many generations now it's been the education system teaching us how to behave and how to act and actually now it's business and real life and humanity human centered leadership and barry waymiller teaching the education system so i think it's a really healthy switch we can we can learn both ways can't we it's really 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 interesting absolutely i totally agree it's i think it's around forming a partnership like in anything in any form of life if we can partner with each other um then we'll have a bigger impact in the world jane you've been a joy i could talk to you all day but i know i should let you go so how can people if they want to follow up the conversation with you directly what's the best mediums to contact you by oh thank you well i'm on linkedin i'm on facebook and, or, and also my website is janeadsaidgrant.com. And I'll be delighted to connect with anyone who's interested following our discussion today. And thank you again for having me on. And I wish the listeners a wonderful rest of your summit, Gary. And I really appreciate all that you're doing to open our hearts, our souls, and awakening what's possible in terms of being willing to be vulnerable and demonstrating a courageous way of living to really role model this for others. And I thank you for, for giving the gift of your time and putting this together for everyone to listen into. Oh, that's very kind. But thank you so much, Jane, and uh, keep in touch. Have a good day. All the best. Bye now.